0: Grace be unto you in peace, peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. The word of God, which was assigned for a Monday Thursday worship service, is recorded in Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, reading verses 47 and 48. While Jesus was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? That is God's word. Dear friends and our Savior Jesus Christ, this battle has become personal. You know, when we first heard about the coronavirus, we didn't really think about it much because it seemed to be so far away in distant lands. But now it has moved across the world and it has come to our very nation, yes, to our very cities. And as we think about it, it has affected us in personal ways. For example, I personally know several people who have been infected with this virus, and maybe you do too. But even if we don't know anyone personally who's been infected, it has affected us all personally. For example, many people have lost income, their jobs, we all have been restricted in our travels and yes, even our ability to gather with loved ones over the holiday weekend. And so in many ways it has affected us. And even tonight as we celebrate Monday Thursday, because usually it's on Monday Thursday when we gather together to celebrate the Lord's Supper which Jesus instituted on that first Monday Thursday. Well, tonight as we continue our Lenten sermon theme under Jesus, our warrior... We want to be reminded of how personal it was for Jesus in his battle to win our salvation, and then also how personally each and every one of us who follows Jesus must battle against the temptation to betray our Savior. You know, when we think about all the things that Jesus suffered to win our salvation, we usually think about the physical things, how he was arrested, how he was tried and condemned falsely, how, how he was beaten, how he was crucified, how he died. But rarely do we think about other ways in which he suffered to win our salvation too. For example, when he was betrayed by one of his own. Now you might know what that is like. If ever you've been betrayed by a friend or a loved one, you know how painful that is. You know how personal it can be. And so it was for our Savior, Jesus Christ. He was betrayed by one of his loved ones, the disciple Judas. And we recall Judas, how richly blessed he was by God and how he was even respected by his other disciples. Blessed by God because he was called to follow the Savior. Blessed by God because he heard the Savior preach. He saw the Savior do miracles. And yes, we can say respected by his other disciples because as far as we know, he was the only one chosen to an office in that body of believers. He was chosen to be the treasurer. But there was a battle for Judas and it may have taken on long before he became a disciple, but we know it was a battle that he struggled with while he followed Jesus. You see, it was the battle of greed. And we know that because the Bible tells us that often Judas would steal money from the treasury for his own personal benefit. And even in the upper room, Jesus warned him about that greed and the temptation to betray the Savior himself. And so when we think about that, he lost the battle. He lost the battle to greed as he betrayed our Savior were thirty silver coins. But that wasn't the only battle that Judas faced that very night. There was also the battle for his very soul's salvation. You see, when, when Judas betrayed Jesus, he not only hurt the Savior, it tore his heart apart inside. Do you recall what happened? When Judas saw what was happening to Jesus because of what he did, he was filled with remorse and he tried to return that money to the leaders of the church. He said, I betrayed innocent blood. And do you remember how they responded? Here they were, you could say, pastors in the visible church. Did they comfort him with the assurance of God's forgiveness? Did they encourage him to have a clean conscience? Not at all. In a sense, they turned their back on him by telling him, that's your problem. You take care of it yourself. And sadly, Judas did take care of it. Sadly, though, he didn't take care of it at the foot of the cross. He thought the solution was at the end of a rope. Now, having said that, let's be very clear The Bible tells us that when Judas hanged himself, he went to his place, which we understand to be hell. Now Judas didn't go to hell because he betrayed the Savior. Judas didn't go to hell because he took his own life, breaking the fifth commandment. And Judas didn't go to hell because Jesus didn't want him in heaven. No, Judas went to hell because unfortunately in his sorrow, his remorse over what he had done, He didn't turn to the Savior for forgiveness. That was available to Peter, too, who had denied the Savior. Rather, he turned to darkness and unbelief. Now, as we think about how Judas betrayed Jesus, we need to search our own hearts and take an honest look at our own lives. And only you can answer these questions for yourself. Have you, too, betrayed the Savior somewhere in your life? I think that all of us would have to confess that that we probably have betrayed the Savior for things that are far less valuable than, than silver coins. We need to admit to ourselves, as we look at Jesus and he looks at us, he has every right to ask you and me this question. My friend, will you betray me too? Sadly, each of us has to confess, Lord, I've already struggled with that battle. It's been a personal challenge to me. And Lord, yes, in thought, word, indeed, I, too, have betrayed you. So what's the solution when we struggle with that battle of temptation and when we fail and then we struggle with the guilt and the shame that surely will follow? Well, it surely is not the solution that Judas chose at the end of a rope. That is not the solution to our sin. And what happens when, when we are struggling with the burdens of life, and we get to that point, the end of our rope, when it seems like we just can't carry those burdens any longer. Let me state it again. The solution is not the solution that Judas chose. In fact, experts are telling us that that solution, unfortunately, may be the solution that many people will be tempted to turn to as long as this coronavirus war continues and the longer our country is shut down. No, the answer to the guilt and shame over sin is found only in Jesus. Even though he was betrayed, he will never betray you. In fact, he loved you and me so much that he personally paid the debt of all of our sins. But he has done even more. He gives us weapons to help us fight in those personal battles against temptation, blessings from our Lord who loved us. For example, he gives us the power of prayer. Think of what Jesus told his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane as the hour of temptation surrounded them all. He said, please be on guard. Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So accept Jesus' invitation call upon him in the day of trouble, and realize that the prayer of a believer accomplishes much. He also gave us the weapon of baptism. And personally, that is a weapon that you can wield today, even though you may have been baptized many years ago. Because you see, the forgiveness that Jesus gave you then is forgiveness to which you can still turn today. Your baptism is a source of comfort that God has forgiven you and also a source of strength daily to drown that old sinful Adam and by faith to rise and live a righteous and holy life for God. He has also given us his word which is sharper than any double-edged sword. A sword that, yes, can cut us open and expose the virus within, but it's also a weapon That's sharp enough to cut away any guilt through the promises of God's forgiveness in that holy word. And finally, there's the Lord's Supper, through which Jesus comes to each of us personally. And in the Lord's Supper, we not only receive uh, bread and wine, but Jesus personally gives to each communicant his very body and blood. And through that sacrament, we receive by faith the blessings that Jesus won by his sacrifice, the forgiveness of sins, life, salvation. And it's also this supper that nourishes our faith to give us strength daily to pick up the battle and fight against temptation. So now the big question on our mind is this. Even though we can't be together on this Monday Thursday to celebrate the Lord's Supper together, When will we? Well, the answer to that question, probably, simply put, would be only the Lord knows. But there are two things we can say. First, if you truly need the Lord's Supper, because maybe death is near, or maybe you're despondent over some guilt or some sin, then by all means, call your pastor. I know that he would gladly come to you personally to bring you this comfort. In this situation, the greater law of love is more important. And then, as we have stated elsewhere, we need to remember that the forgiveness of sins and the strength that you need for spiritual battles that you face, that strength and that assurance is there for you every day as you recall your baptism. And it's there for you every day as you hear the word of God. And when we are able to get together again, then we will celebrate the Lord's Supper. And there we will personally be assured of our forgiveness and personally Jesus will give us strength. So what should we do? Pray. Pray that God would give you patience until that time we can be together. And pray that with God's blessings, this pandemic finally come to an end. And as I said before, one weapon we can use to help bring this about is prayer. Because God has said, ask and it will be given you. So fellow soldiers of Christ, fully loved and fully equipped, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Amen.